BetOnline is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. BetOnline is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. From basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, golf, to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your home. Get into the action today, so head to the the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. What's up, H Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Here's Bulky and Blubber. What is up, Astros fans, and welcome to episode 71 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Bulky, alongside my partner, Jeff Blum, finally back from freezing Oakland, Northern California, put a chill on you, and uh, you said you you told me earlier you didn't pack well, which I'm I'm surprised. Well, there there was a combination of things, and I missed the Milwaukee side of the trip, so I was only meeting the team in Oakland for three days. So I went I went carry on, and in the process of getting the carry on, I had to get a sport coat in there. You know, I, yeah. I was like, I'll sacrifice the bigger jacket sweatshirt situation to accommodate my travel situation, and that completely backfired because I was freezing. Speaking of clothing, I'm wearing my hooks hat today, and looking little, good. Little- Little Corpus Christi hooks. If you're seeing this on YouTube, sweet. Uh, first of all, number one, it's a great hat, period, because it looks like mm-hmm. a fisherman's hat. Got the hook in the state of Texas. Like, I, nobody mm-hmm. would be the wiser, but it's also Drew Gilbert. Just saying. Oh. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and of course on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us. And give us a follow on Twitter, now on Instagram, Believe in Astros. Uh, find me at Jeff Balky, Blummer at Blummer27, all over social media. Also, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, get alerted to new videos where you can see things like my new Corpus Christi hooks hat. Because God knows that's what you want to see. That's the kind of content you're looking for. <laughs> in this world is pictures of my hats. <laughs> um, so thank you to everyone who's given us uh, five stars on Apple. Um, I don't know why you haven't, if you haven't, but uh, there's literally millions and millions of people out there who haven't done that. So it's time for you to get on that. Uh, encourage your family and friends, pressure them if you must. Um, obviously send your comments and questions. We love seeing all of them and read all of them. And here's one. Has Jose Abreu ever run that fast around the bases, home runner otherwise, <laughs> in his life? <laughs> we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, Blumer, let's dig a little bit into this past week. It's been a weird – I mean, honestly, it's been kind of a weird season. But this week has been a little weird just in general. Uh, another sweep of the A's after losing two of three in Milwaukee, which I blame you for because you weren't there. Uh, Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Well, you were graduating your daughters. By the way, I should just say congratulations. <laughs> I saw the Instagram post. They looked amazing. Everything looked like you guys had a blast. So congrats on that. 
Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, you know, I did have to miss that Milwaukee series, but at the same time, wife, daughters, everybody put on a great grad party. The graduation was phenomenal. I got a little emotional, but at the same time, I'm oh, incredibly yeah. proud of my daughters, and I appreciate you uh, thanking, you know, giving us some gratitude towards uh, what just happened. But I appreciate that. Yeah, big moment well, in the Blum well, household. Blummer, you and I are both like, we're, we wear our hearts on our sleeve. I cry at Christmas commercials. I don't mind telling people it's fine. <laughs> like, that's all right. Emotion is a good thing. And and obviously, when your daughters are graduating from high school, that's a big deal, man. That's not like, you yeah. know. Well, yeah, there's certain there's certain hurdles in life. And we we, we got to the age of 18 with four, four girls 15 months apart, you know, and uh, – it's kind of funny sitting in the stands at Legacy Field there in Katy as they go through and they say Audrey Blum, Ava Blum, and Kayla Blum, and all of a sudden the entire like stadium goes, whoa, 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 you know, realizing <laughs> that there are three of the three daughters going through at the same time. So, yeah, monumental uh, moment in the Blum household, and it was awesome to be a part of that. Thank you. Yes. Congratulations, obviously, to your daughters. It's a huge deal. I, it's amazing to me that you have four 15 months apart. That's incredible mm -hmm. to me. Not that it's complicated or crazy, but just that they must be so tight, right? I mean, you know, they're, they're like they right are. close together. And that's just really cool that they all get to grow up together and, you know, in the same. And three of them are going to Arkansas, which... Watch out, Arkansas is all I can say. Yeah. The Blums are Making coming. a hefty donation to the University of Arkansas. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> all right. So so last week, we obviously, we had this the, the Brewers issue. Then they swept the A's again in front of literally tens of people, by the way, which the Astros kind of got in trouble for. I don't know if you saw that on the internet. Yes, but, I did. But uh, they, people got a little mad about that, which is, a, you know, people get their feelings hurt. Um but first, let's talk about Jose Altuve because he's for real back. Like he's he's for real back, not back mm -hmm. for real back. You know, a pair of home runs in the series, including the grand salami yesterday. What it, what are you seeing from him right now? Is he it, does he look like the Jose Altuve you expect him to look like? Absolutely. You know, Jose Altuve, we always talk about, you know, uh, you know how these guys getting back healthy, getting into the uh, getting into the lineup, getting back into the rotation mm -hmm. type stuff. He brings a particular energy to this lineup and you put him at the top of the lineup. He's a silver slugger. He's an all star. He's an MVP uh, candidate. He's power. He's speed. He's everything he is, you know, that uh, we've become to know him as. And he showed up again. He is right where he needs to be. And uh, that's swing last night with the grand slam pretty much personified what he brings to this lineup and the energy he brings to this ballpark because he stepped in with the bases loaded the Astros down the entire stadium on its feet and it erupted when he hit that ball out the expectations for him to produce and he always does it's really kind of remarkable you know you yeah it's funny like we've talked about this with with uh uh, with Jordan Alvarez about how we don't really talk about mm -hmm. him that much because it's just kind of a given. Um, never mind the fact that the MLB left them left him off their top ten MVP candidate list. What a bunch of morons! Uh, what a it says. I'll, I'll use President Biden. That's a bunch of malarkey. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I will I will say this. Come on, the man. Thing to, yeah, come on, man. Come on, man. It's the, this is how it is. 
idiots. That's, that's, <laughs> that's basically what they are. But I, I think the thing that we don't talk about Jose Altuve that much when he's here because he just is so freaking consistent. And you just keep thinking, oh, well, you know, Jose Altuve. And he doesn't even act like it's anything, right? He just comes out, does his job, mm-hmm. hits like a maniac. Um, it's just so impressive to watch. And that Grand Slam was – I was actually out to dinner with some friends, early dinner with some friends and my goddaughter and and uh, her mom. And um, and we were at a bar – we were at a, like a bar and grill place over in the Heights, and they had them on the TVs, of course. So I'm watching it. They're all having conversation, and I'm just like, because i can hear people i'm like is he is he and then inside i hear people like ah you know screaming or whatever so it was like that so yeah that was that was that was really fun um and then speaking of jose's jose abreu looks so much better in one week Mm -hmm. obviously he hasn't quite turned it around but he got his first home run like we said sprinted sprinted around the bases (laughs) um which was which was super fun but he a couple really hard hit balls yesterday, like a, a couple mm-hmm. of uh, one was sixty. I think a, a, a hit percentage was like six hundred, and the other one was like six eighty or something. Um, we feel like could he be turning a corner? You really hope so. You know, you look at uh, hard hit rates, you look at barrel rates. Those are things that yeah. uh, Jose Abreu has not done at all this season until this last right. week. Um, you know, he he actually could have had two home runs in. In Oakland, if they were playing those games yes. in Minute Maid Park. So right. that was kind That's of one right. of the interesting things. But uh, for me, he's been getting crushed in. Fastballs in, inside, inside, inside. And he's kind of been inside outing him. But this is the first time we've actually seen him kind of clear out the front side and get the barrel out in front. And now we're starting to see some of those exit velocities. And to your point, he faced Johan Duran last night. And a, took a pitch mm-hmm. at 104 miles an hour and hit it back up right. the middle at 109. So maybe this is where the turning point is for Jose Abreu when we start to see some of that thump in that bat because he's starting to clear out that front side a little bit better. Well, I heard you talk about that on the game the other day too, and how he's just he's turning on pitches, right? Which mm-hmm. which to me tells me that he's seeing the ball better. Um, you know, he's getting out, uh, he's getting out in front, getting the barrel on the bat. Uh, the barrel on the ball, excuse me, and it's and and that's what he's always kind of done. I mean, that's that's Jose Abreu's mm-hmm. mo as a player, um, and that's one of the reasons why the Astros thought he would be great here is because he hits a lot to left field, um, mm-hmm. and we've got a short porch in left field. So uh, it, hopefully that we're starting to see that. I will say it was a real disappointment yesterday after coming all the way back, and then. The relief. By the way, the relievers on both sides yesterday completely imploded. It wasn't just the Astros. I mean, it was. Uh, why did the hell did they bring Sonny Gray out? Like, what was that? It was like a, how many thrown like seventy-seven pitches or something. Like, feels mm-hmm. like another manager. Like, let's get a lefty in for Jordan. You know, it's like another one of those decisions. Dude. But man, I, we I, we haven't seen Presley blow a save all year. In fact, it goes back into last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Abreu uh, has you know he was he's human apparently, um, but this just felt bad. It felt like just a bad, it was just ugly all the way around, especially against a well, Twins team that's not really playing great right now. 
Yeah, they're not playing great. And, and, you know, to the Twins' credit, they finally got Royce Lewis back from his second yeah. ACL injury. Uh, Max run. Kepler's back in that lineup, you know. And so there's, they're getting – and he got that game – or not the game winning, but he got the game tying hit right. off of uh, uh, Ryan Presley. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, you're not trying to make excuses for these guys, but the Astros' bullpen has been so lights out yeah. for the last two years – that when you see them go out there and and give up a game, you're like in complete shock like I was. I was like, damn, yeah. Ryan Presley gave up a – and Brayu didn't look sharp. Yeah. Um, I don't no. know if it's a credit to getting in at 1 o'clock in the morning the night before and having to play a day game on Monday. You know, that could have something to do with it. But at the same time, uh, credit where credit is due, a couple of base hits, uh, some laying off some tough pitches for the Minnesota Twins hitters. But, uh, yeah, there was it was uncharacteristic to see the lack of command from Abreu. And then Ryan Presley, I mean, he just made a pitch off the outside corner and gave up a hit. But he also yeah. walked a guy in that in that outing, which is rare, too. Right. Yeah, it just it it didn't feel there there are those games I I've I've seen them in you know all sports where you just it just didn't feel like a good game from the beginning. It felt sort of like they just felt wrong. Even Jose Altuve's thing felt was obviously great, but it just the whole thing felt off. Like everything felt a little off and and certainly that's that's where the game ended up, which is and I I wanted to ask you this Maybe I don't remember it as well, or maybe I'm not, you know, thinking about it as well. But it does. It just feels like this year has kind of a different vibe to it than the last couple of years. Not necessarily worse, but we. It just doesn't seem to be quite the swagger right now. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the offense is is. I mean, we. One of the things that I started thinking about with this is the bullpen is kind of the same. Yesterday, notwithstanding. The starting pitching is quite different, right? I mean, especially yeah. because you don't have Verlander anchoring that spot in the at the top of the rotation, which is which has just been a thing for you know since uh, for several years now. And so you're counting on guys who you're hoping will come through, and certainly Fromber and and Christian Valdez have been have been excellent. But you know you're relying on some guys you weren't really planning to rely on probably this early, and then on top of that. You've got a, just the, the Astros, like, what is I read? Their OPS is bottom 10 in Major League Baseball oh, yeah. or something like that. It just has a – so far this season has had a very weird feel to it. It doesn't mean it won't turn itself around, but it just hasn't had that same kind of like what we've been used to over the past few years. I don't think it has anything to do with the Astros not being a good team or suddenly starting to decline as some people like to think – that that's what's happening um, because they're still loaded with young talent. But I do kind of, it does just feel like the season feels like off. Like it feels like it started like everybody, you know, those weeks you have where you're like, what day is it? Is it Tuesday? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's Wednesday, right? Yeah, it, that's called that's baseball kind of, season. Right, exactly. <laughs> it kind of, exactly. Blummer. Exactly. It just kind of feels like this season has been just a little off kilter for the Astros. It just hasn't been as dominant as we've been accustomed to, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're and you're missing the Michael Brantleys. You're missing, uh, you know, the Justin Ver. You, you do miss Justin Verlander. I know it was yeah. the right thing to do to get rid of him because yeah. of the price tag, but at the same time, you're missing that 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 ace or that superstar at the front end of the rotation that we've become accustomed to over the last couple of years. And uh, you're just getting Altuve back. 
Mm-hmm. And it's really been the offense for me that has just kind of not been the same. I think if the offense had been the same as it had been in since 2019 on, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be talking about this right now. Because what's crazy to me is to see that the Astros are only three games back in the American League West, considering how unbelievable the Texas Rangers offense has been, oh, yeah. yet they're only three games ahead. So I think that gives you some some hope for the Houston Astros. And uh, once they do get their legs back under them, or if Dana Brown does decide to go out there and try and make a move to get another arm in that rotation to protect the depth of this rotation and give the Astros enough innings to give their offense a chance to come back, I think they'll be all right. right. But uh, the only thing that has been steady, and I think what gives you kind of that, that concern that you're talking about about is the hiccup in the bullpen you're going wait a minute that was yeah. the one thing we could count on is late in the bullpen because Mayton's been lights out Abreu's been lights out Hector mm-hmm. Neris is on a hell of a yeah. run right now uh, uh, Brian Presley's been ridiculous here recently so you're kind of going there's four guys out of my eight in that bullpen that have been incredible and you're going oh crap if they start to you know if they start to break and if they start yeah. to fold then you're going oh dear god how are we going to hold on to some of these games but um, I think the offense you know for me and, and maybe it's because I'm an offensive guy anyways or offensive, yeah. depending on how you look at it. <laughs> um, you know, that that's where the that's where I think some of the issue lies. I think that the offense scoring runs could mask some of those issues, but I think uh, they're still trying to figure out who they are, maybe, basically. You know, that's a really good point, Blummer. They might still be trying to figure out who they are. They have, they have a lot of young guys on this team. I mean, their bench, mm-hmm. as good as it now seems to be, is getting contributions from guys like Yiner Diaz and Corey Jolks. And, you know, that's a different scenario than you would have had in years past where that bench – it, it honestly, it might be even a deeper bench now, but just it's younger. And so mm-hmm. you're not really sure what to expect. There's going to be ups and downs. If you look at the scoring, like the Astros are sort of middle of the pack uh, in runs yeah. scored. But a lot of it is because they have games where they score 12 and, you know, <laughs> and then they have a game where they score nothing. And it's it it's kind of that weird sort of roller coaster. And maybe that is mm-hmm. it. Maybe they're just still trying. I mean, look, they're still toying with their lineup. They're still trying to figure out yeah. exactly where to put everybody. Jeremy Pena hasn't found his stride quite yet. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of that. There's just some push and pull. And then, of mm. course, we have to look at the injuries. I mean, um, McCullers is no longer throwing from a mound, which is bad news, you know, period. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, Brantley's not hitting. He, they said he's swinging a bat but not hitting a ball, which – is just, I mean, I, I did that I, for a couple stretches in my career, and I was active. They <laughs> <laughs> call it that's what they called him. No contact plumber. Now it's, yeah, it's every once know. in a while. Um, so, and, and then of course now Forrest Whitley, who was apparently very close to getting called up, by the way, um, because they were talking this. You know, they got the seventeen game stretch with you know every well, that's a game every day. No, that, no, you bring up an excellent point. I think that's something that we really haven't had a chance to talk about is that the, the Astros are finally in a stretch of 17 straight games after yes. having every Thursday off for the first two months of the season where they've been able to protect their rotation, give them five days yep. off. And then the idea, I think, getting into this 17-game stretch that we're on right now is to bring – finally, finally – give Forrest Whitley an opportunity to get in here and get into the rotation and maybe, you know, give some of these guys relief, pick up a start here and there, maybe protect a guy in a bullpen, piggyback. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, but get him to the big leagues and see what he can do. And 
<laughs> miraculously again, there's another injury during a moment when he probably had the opportunity to get called to the big league. So timing is terrible in that sense, but yep. uh, they need some protection in this rotation during the stretch. And that could have been the guy, but it's not going to be. Yeah, it's it's just the whole thing feels like a, a sort of a comedy of errors it's um, weird. right it's now. Really and weird. it's weird. I mean, you know, seasons are weird. Look, the Astros, what is it? Like every other year they've gone to the World Series since like 2017. You know, it's a bizarre like. They did this to like, themselves, right? <laughs> exactly. Hey, <laughs> one of so good. Now that, yeah, I mean, and that's what we've done. We've, we've held them to a very high standard. And, you know, it. it and I think it also wow. is something too that to, there's something to be said for the fact that the Astros are kind of for you know they're the, still the Houston Astros, but they're still they're mm-hmm. kind of flying under the radar right yeah. now. I think there's there's a lot of there's not a lot of talk about them nationally. I think people don't like talking about them nationally because it's still controversial for whatever stupid reason. But there is a sort of a, and I wonder if at some point that's going to feel like the Astros are going to feel good about that, right? Instead mm-hmm. of feeling sort of, you know, they're going to start to feel disrespected, a little undervalued, you know, and um, and this is a team we know that loves to play with a chip on its shoulder. Yeah. It loves to, it loves to, you know, be us against the world kind of thing. Um, and so I'm hope I, I kind of am hopeful that that's what sort of happens. You start to see some of that turnaround. People are like, uh, don't forget about us. And like you said, they're only three games out. Yeah. And the, and the other thing is, too, you know, you watch how good the Texas Rangers are. You watch how good the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Rays are. You watch mm-hmm. how good um, – I'm trying to think of some National League teams that are good, but they're kind of boring out there in the National League, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, you watch uh, how good the Baltimore Orioles are and things oh, like yeah. that. And the one thing – it's hard to, hard to remember this, but – it's a 162 game schedule and it doesn't matter what you do in the 162 games. Just get that ticket to the postseason, and then we can play that second season. And maybe that's where the Astros are built to win. You know, maybe it's those short series and those bursts of uh, offense and bursts of good pitching that get them deeper into a playoff run, but you have to get to the playoffs first, you know, and we've seen that in years past where teams can be extremely good for Mm -hmm. 162 games and then just implode in the playoffs. And the Astros have, haven't been that team in the past six years, seven years, or vice versa, like the Miami Heat, right? Who just who are now going to the yeah. NBA Finals as an eight seed, completely you know, upset uh, everything. You're right. Yeah, this, you just don't know. I mean, wow. how these things are going to work. But I will say, for I know that you know fans get frustrated by this. We all do. Um, but you brought up something that I kind of want to talk about a little bit with you because as a, as a broadcaster, I'm curious of your opinion. There was a story, uh, actually it wasn't a story, it was on Twitter, there was a video posted of Chris Mannix, who's an SI reporter uh, covering the NBA. Mm -hmm. And he went on and talked about how the Denver Nuggets, who are also in the NBA Finals, probably arguably the best team in all of basketball, with -hmm. with an MVP candidate and Nikola Jokic playing for them, uh, he talked about how their media department complains that they don't get enough stories written about them. And he, and he basically said the reason is because they're just not a very compelling team. They're boring, right? (laughs) They're not very interesting. There's not really any good stories. There's not really any controversy surrounding them. Uh, You know, they're basically nice guys and whatever else and sort of kind of boring. And it kind of brought up something for me that I think about when it comes to the Astros, Mm -hmm. I feel like the Astros is a team that, 
people love to hate on them because of the cheating scandal. And so the Astros really don't get spoken about very much unless they're either really good or unless somebody wants to talk shit about them because mm-hmm. they don't like them very much. Right. And even in stories where they're being praised, right. You see a little bit of like, uh, well, we all know we hate the Astros, but they're still good. Right. It's like that yeah. kind of thing, you know, or I've seen people apologize. Like there's a, there's a great TikTok feed of a woman who's a huge baseball fan who goes to all, looks at all the baseball team roster names and picks out the ones that would best fit star Wars. It's just, it's amazing. She's hilarious. And she's had to apologize for being an Astros fan because people got mad at her, right? You know, that she was an Astros fan. I know, right? So I feel like in, in the media, like, and in a base, in baseball especially, which is so driven by statistical analysis and mm-hmm. so driven by numbers, it's a very frustrating thing as a fan and as someone, I wonder as a, as a broadcaster, is this something that you guys are are cognizant of when you're when you're dealing with this? Like, you know, seeing that Alvarez not on the MLB's top ten MVP list, or is this something that you guys sort of know and are aware of and are like talking about, you know, amongst yourselves, or is this something you just don't kind of care about? Uh, I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, yeah, we would talk about it, but I think that you know, after 2022, winning the World Series championship, mm-hmm. I think kind of validated things for us that they're they're good, they've done well, uh, they've put 2017 behind them, no matter how much fans don't want to, uh, and there's a reason that you know, if fan is short for fanatic, so right. you know that that brings certain connotations with it, and I get it. I mean, I like you know, we all like you know we like when the Yankees struggle, we, you know, we like when the Dodgers struggle. Um, and it's the same way for fans with the Houston Astros, just there's an added layer of vitriol because of what happened. But at the same time, you know, when they don't get the recognition that they get, I kind of look at it like, of course, you know, it, it doesn't shock me anymore. It's almost anticipated to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when we're broadcasting games, I think what makes it easy for us is the fact that you brought up the data, the analytics. We can just sit there and spit facts the entire time, and the facts are the numbers. And that's the beauty of baseball is that you can have this emotional response, but at the same time, you've got to recognize when they're good. I can recognize when Aaron Judge is good. I can recognize yeah. when the Dodgers win games because they are good or they have this incredible pitching depth or that Clayton Kershaw will never go away. He, he will continue to pitch until he's 72. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just certain things that you got to recognize. But that that's the rational fan as opposed to the irrational fan. And uh, Major League Baseball, whoever runs their social media, national writers, we all know that they have that, you know, the Astros have that target on their back. And if you can pick that scab off, they're going to do it. So I just yeah. try to just ignore it and move on and recognize that these guys are still pretty good. Well, and, and clickbait is what it is. You know, people love. Well, this it, is it, definitely the world. Yeah, I've never, I've never been a big like. I, we and I've talked about this before too. Is I just, I'm not. I like uh, sports talk that is also entertaining. I'd like to think that sometimes you and I are entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think but, we have our moments. <laughs> you know, we have our moments. But I, I'm not a fan of people who poke the bear because they think it, it's fun. You know, or mm-hmm. they think it's like. I just, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Like, who am I to? like say like talk a bunch of trash about stuff. Oh, 
this is, I'm just me. I don't care. Nobody cares. I always think about that thing from uh, Jurassic Park when they're sitting there and he's trying to put it. He's wearing his sunglasses because he didn't want anybody to see him. And the guy's like, we've got Dotson over here. He's like, nobody cares. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> you know. And I feel like a lot of times with this, it's like nobody cares. Um, I did want to get your opinion on something, too. We've, we've talked a, a bit in the past about uh, broadcasting and the new realities of uh the uh, RSNs, the you know regional sports networks, mm. really fascinating story out there uh, from MSN about how about how ESPN it appears that ESPN is going to go fully streaming at some point in the next Whoa. few years, and if they do, they're going to probably charge twenty bucks a month to watch ESPN. Dear um, God, which is a lot of freaking money to watch ESPN. I'm going to be honest. But one of the things they bring up is the fact that if they do, it's going to crush cable networks because cable networks are able to charge quite a bit of money because of ESPN. Mm. Basically, they're charging people who are sports fans, uh, people who are not sports fans in order to get coverage for sports fans. And if that gets removed, it's a huge chunk, right? Mm-hmm. So my thing is with all this, I mean, like right now already, I'm like, okay, I've got Hulu and I've got Netflix and I've oh, got damn. freaking Paramount Plus or whatever the hell all these damn networks Max, are. Yeah. I know, like whatever. And so it does make me wonder how that is going to impact, you know, sports broadcasting in the future. You know, um, obviously we already have see some stuff on Apple TV. We've got NFL on Amazon Prime, those sort of things. Uh, with baseball, it's maybe a little bit mitigated because you have so many games. It's not like suddenly they're going to, you know, pick up mm-hmm. and broadcast 162 games for every team. But how does that, as a as a broadcaster, like, do you like? I I know that the MLB is talking about sort of taking it all in house, and at some point, mm-hmm. um, you know, what is how does that make you as a broadcaster? Where do you see yourself in all of that? Like, what is what are your opinions on how all that stuff works? Never mind being a fan Whoa. and wanting to watch sports. Well, I mean, baseball is a different animal. Um, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. a huge NBA fan. I'm more of a, you know, that where I think ESPN would affect me is like collegiate sports, you know, the, the football, yeah. the basketball, uh, where they're, they're, you know, every weekend there's, you know, 10 games on that I want to watch. And that's where it would affect me because I think in professional sports and ESPN, go away. I don't care because you're showing a Sunday night game that I don't like the broadcast. Um, you know, I'm, gee, I won't see the, the, what is it? The K K rod thing. Well, gee darn, you know, <laughs> right. I, I can find my game somewhere else. And I think that, you know, that's where it wouldn't affect me as a baseball fan. I'd be like, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll stream a, a regional network and watch more baseball uh, and watch the games that I want. You know, I think that's the idea. Right. Now, if you're going to start streaming things, I want the option to watch the, every game that I want to watch as a fan. And I think that's where the issue might, you know, lie for ESPN. And I can go, you know, unless they proprietize all of their, you know, 30 for thirties, you know, there might be other things that I'd want to watch on there other than right. the games and, uh, you know, live sports is in a, in a very interesting spot. And I think that's, you know, as a fan, that's what I want to see. You know, I'm not, I'm not tuning in for the, the, the sports centers. I'm not tuning in for the morning talk shows. I'm tuning in for the live sports. That's what I want to watch. I want to watch the NBA finals. I want to watch the NHL playoffs. Uh, and I want to watch, you know, the, the world series and I want to watch the championship series. That's where I think that, you know, that's where you kind of create the issue, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of curious to see where it goes. I think it's all kind of fluid and fluctuating at the same time. 
you know, who's to say that, uh, you know, if, uh, who's to say that like local regional sports can't buy every regional game that there is and stream it on their own service and force everybody else to pay it that way too. Well, that's uh, what but, the yes network does, right? Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, you know, and uh, are you going to be able to, you know, you're, I don't know. They're going to have to have postseason packages because if yeah. their viewership doesn't jump in the postseason, then why are they going to pay that exorbitant money for it? You know, it's a it's to me the whole broadcasting thing is fascinating just simply because there are so many it, like you said with national sports it's one thing especially collegiate sports I mean that's really mm-hmm. I think where the biggest impact is going to happen yeah. um, because you have so many colleges playing and so many people wanting to watch those games and they're so I mean you pick a Saturday in <sighs> October you know there might be 20 games playing on different networks on, you know, on cable or whatever. So mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, so there might be 40 or 50 teams on television over the span of a single Saturday. Right. I mean, that's crazy yeah. to think about how that works, but you're right. Pro sports is probably a little insulated from that. I also think it helps that you've got, you know, billionaire owners spread across the entire expanse of a sport. Whereas in colleges, you know, Who's you know how how much money does Gonzaga have, for example, or you mm-hmm. know, or Boise State, you know, to to be able to you know to be able to broadcast their what is it purple field or whatever the hell it is that Boise yeah, that State blue has, turf that they've blue got turf, yeah that blue turf like and then of What's course like my TV I know right it's like tint is there a tint yep. knob on here remember that when you were a kid camera guy's tint. drunk what is he doing. <laughs> Exactly. And of course, you also have the ancillary sports that don't get as much watch. Like right now, the uh, World Series of Softball in college is going on. Right. And mm-hmm. and so that's a big deal. And then never mind golf and, you know, everything else that's on. So, yeah, it's to me, it's really fascinating. Uh, I'm I'm probably more interested in the average person. <laughs> um, but I do think it's interesting because it really does bring up a lot of questions about how are we going to still watch these things and why am I spending so much money? Like, why ultimately <laughs> it's all it is it's that all is, it is all dude. it is like, anybody uh, that's offering a subscription is pay me yeah i always i look around at all my stupid subscriptions and i'm like why am i paying for some of these like and then mm-hmm. i realize oh right because i can't watch x right yeah. and you got like one show that you want to see and it's like like you know succession it be a tax write-off for us dude right it's part of our uh, business Hello, account. I feel like I need to get my account. I need to get my account online. Listen, man, I gotta watch it. What am I gonna do? That's in my life, man. Lummer, Lummer. Listen, man, you may have hit upon something there. This is. Is this what happens when you're when you've been not just a good baseball school, very good intellectual school. Of course, of course, you know. (laughs) I know I just screwed that up. (laughs) So, what was your what was your your major, plumber? Uh, Sociology. I picked the nice broad broad stroke (laughs) of a of a major, so I could write anything and any everything I wanted to in a paper and get an A for it. (laughs) That's thinking. That is thinking. Sociology. So you could just talk about you like. uh, Let's see. The sociology of my of being in the being in the uh, dugout yes. during a game. Yeah, I mean you can this micro look. society of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see some of your some of your papers, Blummer. Oh, dear I really Lord. would. 
It would, would be interesting now looking back. Yeah. I, I don't even know about my, like mine. There's no way they would be just angst filled ridiculousness. <laughs> it would be just a bunch of like the world is falling apart or something. It would be like, you know, it would mm-hmm. be ridiculous. It would be so stupid. I can't even imagine. All right. So um, what is, tell me about what you think about the upcoming with the twins. I think really they need to win the next two against the twins. Yes. They've got the angels coming up, which is a weird, like, I don't even know what to think about the angel series right now. Mm-hmm. Um how do you see this week shaping up going going forward? Uh, they need to play better at home. Right now, 14 mm-hmm. and 12 at home. And that's mm-hmm. after the previous uh, homestand where they went 6 and 0 to get to 14 and 11. Good Lord. But, yeah. Isn't that crazy to think about how poorly they've played at home? So I think just getting your home numbers up would be the key. They scored plenty of runs yesterday. And I think the offense might be a little more comfortable than the pitching staff. Uh, you got Belak going tonight, Hunter Brown going uh, Wednesday. So you're going to need some of those guys on the peripheral to pick things up. Give me five innings, give up two, three runs, let my offense outscore, give it to the bullpen like we saw. Hopefully it's a better turnout than we saw in the first game against the Minnesota Twins. But you're, you're facing a Twins team who's in a terrible division, leading it, trying to make a statement against you. Beat them. You need to beat the, the Minnesota Twins. They are beatable. But the interesting series is going to be four games against the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim <laughs> yeah. and San Gabriel or whatever the hell they are. <laughs> um, because, you know, they've got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder coming in trying to get back into that American League West. And I think that Phil Nevin's got them believing that they have a chance. Um, four game series, there's a good chance you're going to see Shohei Otani in there. I was going to uh, say, yeah. Uh, but uh, they're they're another beatable team, and I think that's where you're at the this point in the season. You need to beat beatable teams, and uh, right. they have to go out there and play well. But the home record is a little concerning to me at fourteen and twelve. It's a, it's interesting to me because that's happened before, you know, with the mm-hmm. Astros, where they've struggled at home and been good on the road. Um, you know, you remember in, in twenty seventeen, they they had you know more home runs on the road. They had better batting average on the road. Um, How dare it, you say that? <laughs> I know. Did he just did he just drop a truth bomb? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's your drop. <laughs> did he just drop a truth bomb? That's right. You know, as you've been as you've said many times, this game will try and kill you. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like I feel like I feel like that's just true. And maybe mm-hmm. this year, especially podcasting with you and like really following closely, it does feel like this game will try to kill you. And it does feel like every series has a s- amount of gravitas that it probably doesn't. You know, we're <laughs> going to get to the end of the year and be like, they lost to who? When? You know, it's like yeah. there's going to be some of that. But I do think um, – I do think you're right. I think they need to beat the. They need to set some standards for themselves. To me, they got to start hitting the ball in Minute Maid Park. There's really no excuse for not hitting the ball here. I mean, yeah. they've got that short porch uh, in left. They need to take advantage. I mean, just get Jordan up there against some more lefties. That should handle yeah, please. it. Can they bat Jordan Alvarez more than once in the lineup? Yeah, could wondering. you imagine? He could play left field and designate hit for somebody. Oh. God, I mean, the guy just, it's so impossible not to watch him. And every time he does something poorly, I'm like, really? I didn't even know that was possible. How is this guy? He'll he'll do one thing poorly for like six, and he'll 
for every six home runs, he does one thing poorly. Right. And then it'll you know, be that's like his also, ratio. And also he'll have like a little mini stretch. It's like, oh, he didn't do so well. He had a couple of strikeouts and blah, 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 whatever. And then all of a sudden, he just starts exploding all over the place. You're like, so yeah. I, I, in between him and Kyle Tucker, we should just let them bat all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I would be perfectly fine with that. No oh, one if you else could give be. me five Yordans and four Tuckers, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> all lefties. Of course, Dusty would need to get somebody Don't in there as a right out, hand man. to put, he couldn't take it. By the way, I thought about the cooler. Uh, when I saw <laughs> when I saw Jolks on the bench and Dubon on the bench, I was like, Jazz, ah, congrats on the home jazz. run! Have a seat, kid." Exactly. I started feeling about. I started. I'm like, "Welcome to the cooler, my friends." Yep. This is how it goes. Yeah. All right, Blumber, this Astros got- bench brought to you by Igloo. <laughs> <laughs> or actually, you want to use a Houston name? Brought to you by. Arctic. Arctic. Yeah, there Arctic. you go. Exactly. That's what we need. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I need. I'm going to call Arctic up today and say, we have a podcast for you to sponsor, my friends. I yeah, got... we, ha- we have a cooler segment we need for you. <laughs> that's exactly. Maybe that's what we should be doing, Lumber. We should just be doing a whole segment just called The Cooler. Yeah. Because, I mean. Be hilarious. Also, you might get you in trouble. I don't I want know. You to, Again, I, hey, I I've been there, done that. I don't want to get you in trouble. Walk in and he's like, uh, they'd be like, um, uh, Jeff, uh, the manager would yeah, like to be like, you. I need to see you in my office. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. And then I just would never be allowed back in an Astros game yeah, again. Your credential would be gone. <laughs> I'd be banned from Minute Maid. <laughs> All right, Blummer. Uh, now that you're back in town, are you going to get out and at least, I mean, you're, you're basically working every single day, but are you going to get a little golf in? I'm just hoping you're going to get a little golf. Um, there's a good chance that uh, Friday I may get out there in the morning. Yeah. I mean, mm. it's all about desire, will, and I have the desire and the will to go play some golf. So I should be out there one of these mornings. Yeah, I'll sacrifice some time. That's <laughs> nice. I appreciate that. I've actually, I've actually been quietly looking for like a driver so okay. I can go just down to the driving range and take out a little of my aggression on a yeah. bucket full of golf balls. Golf ball that's whacker a, guy. That's because I don't care where I hit it. I could hit it like I'm. I'm gonna. I'll probably slice it over into the next field. I'll hook it and hit a car. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I know it's gonna feel good when I nail the shit. I was gonna say <laughs> your your spirit will benefit no matter what. Exactly. What is your What is your average drive, Blum? What are you? Oh. Where are you hitting? How far are you hitting it? Because you're um, a big dude. It's healthy. And you used to play baseball. I was gonna say you got to be driving that thing a ways. Yeah, my mistakes are like two seventy five. Damn. I'm going to tell you right now, my mistakes are going to be about 50 feet in front of me, likely. (laughs) It's going to be like they like to say baseball, a little dribbler. Yeah. Out in front. A little infield hit. A little a little infield hit. I'm going to single. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to really run it out to first base in order to make sure I get there. All right. Thanks everybody for joining us. We'll be back later this week, I think, is on our schedule. I can't remember. Yeah, I gotta Um, I gotta check that too. Good lord. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter. (laughs) Well, you know, just listen, look, pay attention. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Pay attention to Twitter. Pay attention to the, you know, what we're doing here because this is important. Not not just for me, not just for Blummer, not just for you, but yay for the world. So yes. I, I feel like we can save it. That's and why we'll we be, do this. That's right. We'll be back with another episode brought to you by Bet Online. Again, huge thanks to all of you guys listening and watching uh, us look <laughs> let's fumble around technologically today you guys have been great as always love all the likes the comments the subscribe 
<laughs> I'm not saluting the flag. This is this is an inside joke that will yeah. uh, they'll be in the outtakes. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, super, right? We're yeah, super there goes my sponsorship. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Well, we we're like I said, we're very thankful. This is this is good. This is a this is a cathartic episode of. Uh, mm. Of you know, just it's going to be one of those ones. It's like a little splicey, and uh, but at the end of the day, it's going to. That's why you tune in for the for the you know the randomness of it. The it and it is very random. So keep it coming, everybody. Have a great week. We'll talk to you later in the week. And as always, go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.